I came that they may have life and have it abundant. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. We're going to win by being the people that other people want to be around. Society wants guys who have an answer, guys who are committed, men who have a plan to make things better and go out and do it. You are listening to Night Vision. Hello and welcome to Night Vision, a multi-platform audio magazine presented by the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus designed to enrich, enlighten, educate, and entertain. Welcome to our follow-up show. Coming up next, from parish pastor to university president, more of my interview with Father Eric Zimmer. Then Scott Schutte continues his discussion with our secondary disaster response coordinator and Indiana State Warden, Bill McDonald. And finally, our online membership chairman, Walter Peha, introduces us to a new knight's wife in the latest knight's tale. And it all starts right now. He's currently the new president of the University of St. Francis in Fort Wayne, but before that, he was the pastor of a small Catholic parish in Walkerton, Indiana. Recently, Father Eric Zimmer discussed the impact the recent pandemic has had on the small parish community and why it was difficult to leave. So we chose not to stream any masses, both because we simply did not really have any adequate technology for doing that, and it seemed to be redundant. There are many thousands of parishes that are streaming. You can find that on Facebook, you can find it on TV, you can find it on YouTube, any number of places where you can find a streaming mass. And so we chose not to do that. We simply made people aware of the resources of the diocese and and other resources. And what we did was uh, we've reached out to people in, in ways that were more appropriately appropriate technologically. Uh, so, for example, uh, we, uh, we did a, a phone chain or a phone tree uh, and called everyone at Easter to make sure that we, we spoke to everyone uh, in the parish at that time on that feast. Uh, we have had virtual uh, happy hours. There's a tradition in the parish of people going out for hamburgers on Tuesday nights, and they've not been able to do that, so we set up Zoom meetings for parishioners and who have been able to dial in with hamburger in hand and maybe a, a drink of their choice. And uh, they found, for those who've been isolated, to be very refreshing. Uh, and, and they've enjoyed that very much. Uh, we have uh, made sure to, well, we've always done our, our bulletins. We send them out electronically. Uh, we have actually, this has pushed us to have an online donor system, which uh, we'd never had before, and and we hope that that gets some traction uh, going forward. And it's you know it's small, but we're we're thinking that that is going to allow people to continue to support their parish even if they're not able to come here. So all these things, and then of course uh, as things, we've also had um, because this is my last couple of weeks uh, in the parish. In fact probably by the time this is you're produced this is produced I won't be the pastor here uh, my parish I've been here now five years they could not say 
uh, goodbye to me. My last public event in the parish was our 150th anniversary of the, of the church building where the Bishop Rhodes came to dedicate our new altar and our, we had a St. Patrick's Day event. Uh, so that's the last public event for me in this parish and I'm stepping down. So uh, my, my secretary and other people organized a parade. They, they made sure that I was out in front of the church and we had nearly 50 vehicles come by honking horns and calling out and giving me small presents uh, or waving. I think it included a fire truck and include a semi. One of my parishioners sells semis for a living. So we came for that. A lot of pickup trucks. Uh, a few people who decided they needed to show me that their Mustangs could still you know, fire up the grill and peel out. Let's see. We had horses. Uh, all, all kinds of different things. And that was... You know their way of saying goodbye. It was. Uh, I don't think there were a lot of dry, dry eyes in that event. And then I was able to give people a, a blessing uh, as they all lined up in the parking lot. So these are the things that we have done. Uh, and so, uh, and even though in our parish we have not been uh, affected personally by by anything of this. Um, any of any events in terms of no one's been personally affected I should say no one has gotten the disease and so uh, it has been essentially we've been in lockdown and recognizing that we have to keep vigilant uh, but also very thankfully it has not affected our particular parish truly truly a community here yes absolutely and people have made made a point of uh, reaching out to each other and so uh, we always keep our church open. In fact, at all times, our church is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we have people come in. We're a small town, and um, people watch over the church, and they come in, and they light candles. Or we always have uh, music playing for the season. Um, and then, of course, for any of our liturgies, we always use some incense uh, just burning in the background. So when you come to our church, it always smells you have the aroma of incense and so it's we try to make it a very welcoming place it's one thing to say who you are it's another to live it to put your values into action that's what we do at knights of columbus we are catholic men building a bridge back to faith there's much work to be done in this world good work necessary work and that's what the knights do every day that's who we are find your local council today and sign up to be part of our mission our recruitment drive is in full swing for information visit kfc.org forward slash join us So what exactly does the Secondary Disaster Response Team do for the state of Indiana, and how is it impacting people's lives around the country? Scott Schutte continues his discussion with Bill McDonald. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. This is Scott Schutte, State Treasurer, speaking uh, today with Bill McDonald, our State Warden and Second Response Coordinator. Uh, how are you doing this afternoon, Bill? Wonderful, Scott. Thanks for having me here. Oh, thank you. Uh, could you kind of define for everybody what exactly we in the Knights of Columbus do with, or, or what secondary response is? Okay. The secondary response, uh, I refer to as disaster response, is uh, we'll go into a disaster zone and offer assistance when needed after 
we call the first responders are in there after a disaster strikes. Get your local fire department, police department, uh, emergency management people in there. Clean up the site. And when the disaster site is safe to enter, that's when we as second responders then respond to a disaster and offer assistance uh, where needed at that time. Okay. And what are the kind of things that you do in that uh, second response capability? Okay. Primarily, uh, what we try to do is contact uh, the local emergency management agency and Catholic charities, both if they're in the area, and find out what the local need is for a particular disaster. It could be cleaning supplies, coats, whatever they're short of or whether their most critical need is. And then we'll try to supply those items to them. And we also have a, a variety of tools to respond to help with cleanup, whether it be uh, general debris cleanup or uh, what we call mucking out a house in a flood or cleaning up a house, re-singling a house or covering the house up with tarps. Uh, all those types of things are what we'll do depending on what the local need is. Okay. And what type of situations has Indiana Knights of Columbus responded to in the past? Quite a few. Uh, everything from tornadoes, hurricanes, and floods. We started out in 2012 with the uh, March tornadoes here in southeastern Indiana. We responded to that. Uh, that was our, what I call our uh, christening, our baptism by trial, so to speak. Uh, we learned a lot of things in 2012. And we, then we went to Norman, Oklahoma in 2013. For a tornado down there, helped with Catholic charities. Again, in 2016, we went to Louisiana and helped out with the floods down there. 2017, we were down in Texas with the uh, hurricane down there in Corpus Christi. And then uh, most recently, uh, 2018, with the hurricane there in uh, Florida, uh, we made two trips down there that year to assist down there. And each of these disasters, each one was unique in its own way. Each disaster, the equipment and the need for assistance was different. Uh, so each disaster we learn a little bit from, that in our playbook and uh, keep trying to uh, improve our response as we go along. Okay, great. And I know uh, like when, when you went to Florida a few years back, the folks down in Florida contacted the state and asked about how we had set this up and, and um, what it all took to make that work because they wanted to do something there to kind of uh, not just prepare for themselves, but also to, to kind of give back and go to other states like we were and, and doing the same sort of thing. So that, that's kind of nice that we were showing them what to, what to do. What, what should our brother Knights be doing to help out with this program? Oh, two ways. One is uh, donate to Charity Fund Inc. So we have available funds to respond when needed. Uh, and two, if they like to be involved and actually go on a mission trip and help uh, work in a disaster area, they can contact me. Uh, and my phone number is 812-689-6699. Or my email is mcdonaldksc at gmail.com. And what I usually will do is find out... Uh, their name, address, phone number, how I can contact them, how long they can be away from home, be it two days, five days, or two weeks, and what their skill sets are, uh, what they're physically capable of doing. Uh, our typical mission 
usually is uh, a five day. We try to work it over the weekend, five days over a weekend. Uh, 10 days is the longest. We, I usually will know a week to two weeks in advance when we're going to uh, try to make a mission trip. Uh, so I normally be able to give those people uh, and typically it's loading up our, we have that uh, disaster response trailer, eight by 16 trailer. It's a matter of loading that up with the required supplies and tools, driving. Uh, fortunately, we have not had many local disasters to take care of. Most of our been long trip disasters in Texas and Florida. So we're driving a thousand miles or more to get to where we got to go. And we set up. We've helped work what we call a uh, emergency response center with Catholic Charities where we'll help bring in supplies. And as people come in, stock those supplies, give those supplies out to the local people in need. And then a couple of times we're able to have a, a crew go out and actually do work. In Florida, we went out and actually were cutting trees down off of homes. Uh, in Texas, we were going in and cutting homes, removing all the damaged drywall and putting tarps on roofs. Uh, jobs we do uh, and that's what the kind of basic skill set is. Long-term recoveries, we really haven't got into that yet. That's where we actually go in with crews, kind of like Habitat Humanity and start actually help rebuilding the homes. Never, We haven't progressed to that yet. But you, I mean, we're talking something where they're a little more physically active with their going in and shoveling out mud or, or taking debris and, and moving it. Right. Yes, it's, most of it's physical labor activity, not real strenuous. Uh, uh, we were down in Texas. It was hot and humid. Uh, we took quite a few breaks. Uh, we stayed within our physical limits. Uh, but one thing I want to add for those people who are, I know a lot of our members are older members. They can still help and work in the disaster response with Catholic charities doing what they call case management work. That's where after we're finished with uh, actually, when we're finished and towards the end, uh, Catholic Charities will come in with a group uh, and start helping people with uh, the, what do we call long-term recovery. That's where they'll review your insurance policies, what FEMA's available, and they'll help you get the needed uh, financial assistance there. Uh, and that's what they call case management. It's a lot of questioning, book work, gathering information. Usually you're in a trailer, air-conditioned office uh so a lot of our older members who maybe are not physically capable of doing hard labor but they are able to do bookwork paperwork good work with catholic charities and help in that regard with case management oh well that's nice so they're they're doing or getting the paperwork for the insurance company and and the government to help with the cost that's that's a nice option uh for somebody who maybe isn't as physically strong as others is there anything else that is of a real importance with regards to the secondary response, Bill? Uh, just the main thing is, is be prepared. Like I said, we're always looking for volunteers. Volunteer needs to be able to respond within a, a week to be able to go and be away from home for about five days, be physically fit and ready to do whatever is needed. We need those donations to be able to make these trips happen, be there for our brothers when needed in our communities and be prepared at home for emergency if it strikes your home, get those stay at shelter in place bags together and to go bags together. Well, thank you, Bill, for visit our website. Okay. Um, thank you for being talking with me today online. 
uh, about the second response. Um, and as you said, there's some things on the indianakfc.org website under disaster preparedness. Is that what it's listed at on the website? Under, should be under should be under disaster response or second response. Disaster second response. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you again, Bill. Uh, have a great day and uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. While it may be true that the Knights of Columbus is a fraternal organization for men, it certainly could not do the things that it does without the continuing support of the wives of the men who call themselves Knights. Walter Peja recently sat down for a chat with a young lady named Shelby Edwards. One of the segments that I do is called A Knight's Tale. And okay. basically what it is, it's a two-minute snippet of, all right, who are you? Why'd you join the Knights? Okay. And then I'm sitting here thinking, if I remember correctly, I didn't talk to Bobby until he was ready to sign on the dotted line. <laughs> I remember there being somebody named Shelby saying, I want my husband to be a knight. How do I get him to do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew he wanted to, so I was just the one who kept pushing him to go do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did yeah. you know he wanted to be a knight? Um. Well, so my husband, he's from He's from India, and I'm from the United States, and so being from the U.S., I'm aware of who the Knights of Columbus are, and um, I have a few friends who are Knights, and so I've just heard, you know, the mission here and there, and of course, knowing that it was for men, I never really looked into it, Um, but as I got to know, as I got older, and then I was in college, and then I got to know more at the how much it was for the family. And then I, have a, I went to college, had a roommate from Connecticut. She gave me a book about the founder and I didn't read it, <laughs> but I have it still. Um, but I flipped through it and then I became very interested. And then I, when I got married, I really understood how needed it was, the mission of the Knights and the whole reason for their founding. And, uh, but that was in the back of my mind. I, you know, I wasn't really, didn't have it at the forefront, but then just in many conversations with my husband um, before we got married and after just seeing what he wanted, um, what his dreams were, uh, you know, what his concerns were. It just kept coming to me over and over and over again about the Knights of Columbus. And I knew he would, was really looking for a community and also something a bit more. And so I just told him about the Knights and I gave him some information. And from there, he took off with it and he loved it. He loved everything. And he's like, this is exactly what he felt called, I guess for him, he, he really felt called to it and felt the support coming into it all. So that's how I knew, but just because of what I'd heard from the Knights and then just hearing him talk, I was like, I have to tell him about the Knights. And from there, he, he just loved it. So now you're, you're in Orlando, right? Yes, we are in Orlando. Florida. And just to let everybody know, um, we met at the National Catholic Youth Conference in November yes. in Indianapolis. And I was there just talking to people about becoming knights and, uh, and Shelby walked up. And then for those, the reason why we've, we've come back to talk is because last week we had an online exemplification that you were actually able to participate in. Yes. How did you feel about that? To be honest, I mean, of course we wanted to do it all in person, absolutely, and, and especially getting to, but to be honest, the um, council here at our parish has already taken us under their wing completely, and they're always very much in contact with my husband. But it was really amazing to be see, it felt extremely, I don't, I don't use the word special, it feels like it just doesn't explain it completely, 
but it was really amazing to be some part of something so big. So for us, we, it was just us in our living room and just doing our best to participate. We watching it on our TV and completely doing everything every step of the way. Um, and we know that it's also something very historic as well, not only because it was the first virtual one, but also because of the three levels being all at once. I know for him personally, he, he has felt coming here with his green card recently, that it was like God, God welcoming him here and really welcoming him into the church present here in the U.S. And so in a way, being able to be present with so many others throughout the entire country, it was it just reiterated that, I guess. So, ladies, for, for those of you who have husbands who you think may have an interest like this, all you have to do is go to kfc.org slash join us and have your husband join that way. It's been huge. I, I will be honest. It hasn't been just like a small little thing. And, and he did pray about it for so long. And that's why he was a bit more hesitant. I knew for him, his hesitancy came more from he knew it was commitment. He knew that there were levels of commitment. You know, you mm-hmm. can be anything from just the name or wholehearted. And he, I knew he really wanted to do it wholeheartedly. So that's why I was pushing him because he kept thinking, I'm not ready yet. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> You're definitely ready. So very excited for both of you. And then for it to happen that way, because here was the other thing, um, been going to NCYC for a few years. So I've been doing mm-hmm. it since 2009. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing that I've been seeing is, you know, you now you're married. Yes. But there are usually a lot of young ladies who will come up to the booth and talk to us. Okay. And it's very oh. clear they're looking for young knights. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I have to uh, say, yeah. Oh, go it, ahead. It, no, I was going to say for me, even it's funny because um, every once in a while, like just to know that Bobby is one of the knights, it feels like we're just part of a huge family. Mm-hmm. And um, that's been our experience in the parish level. But even just the, I mean, because we're still in isolation, we're not seeing anybody right now. So, but we still feel so connected. And I know I feel that way. And he's the one that's part of the knights, but I'm his wife. So the way I see it, I'm like, well, if he's called to be a knight, then I'm called to be the wife of a knight. So that's we're just very excited too for when everything gets a little bit more back to normal that we can start participating in a lot of things. I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> Thank <I'm> you. I'm <laughs> so happy for you guys because it's I, I think out of everybody, so so it's it's like you guys were the surprise for me. Um, and then um, I was able to, we were able to get Steve Agrisano and uh, Jesse uh, Manabusa to join. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, so I am going to be following up with those guys to see how things nice. are going for them. But, you know, I think you guys stuck with me the most because of just how it happened. Yeah. Um, Very providential for us, at least. Yeah, no, and it and it works that way. And um, for me, especially, you know, be, just being the guy sitting there waiting for all this stuff to come in, you know. And then and then the fact that you sent me those pictures of Bobby going through the ceremony, I was actually. So here's what was going on for me. I was sitting in my. I, I've been working out of my house for ten years. Okay. So my office is set up. I've got I got fiber running into the house. I've got a I've got a 32 inch TV sitting on the wall, and we were my son was sitting here going through it at the same time, okay. and we're streaming it. Okay, okay. So I've got it. I've got it on my TV, and then I'm running a chat room for Indiana Knights. I've got okay. 25 guys online, and we're chatting back and forth while we're doing this. So we had, I think in the state, we had 
we had about 25 guys go through and I had about 20 of them online with me. And, um, and then your text comes through and I was like, how cool is that? You know, the world just got hugely smaller at that point. Yeah. I get to share some of the stuff out too. Okay. And it's really neat to be able to say, Hey, look, you know, just like what you were saying, you know, it's a huge organization. We've got over 2 million members, active members right now. And, but you know, when we can, when we can close a gap, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, take, you know, 1200 miles and turn it into literally face to face. It's a very cool thing that we can do. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. We definitely will. Or we've been keeping all of the knights and all of their families in our prayers and definitely you, you were kind of the opening door for us into the night. So Excellent. we, I always remember you for sure. Um, I'm glad you, that you got, um, have a time to meet with Bobby. It'll be, I'll be excited to hear what he has to say too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> exceptional. And I'm not going to tell him what we talked about. All right. Yeah. We'll just let it all pan out. See how it goes. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I really what actually I'm going to talk to Bob about this. So Bob is the guy he's, he's, he's our, he's the producer and he puts everything together. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say, Bob, you need these two in the same show. <laughs> This is this is a husband. You guys haven't been married that long, have you? No, a year and a half now. Year and a half. So at, when we met, you had been married how long? Just a year. We just celebrated one year. Wow. Yeah, just a few weeks prior. Yep. Yep. And I have to say too, the ceremony. Um, I'm so glad that I was able to be a part of it as well, supporting him. But mm-hmm. I know that for both of us, we talked a lot about it afterwards because. The ceremony was beautiful. All the prayers. I mean, for us, it felt like a complete summary of our spirituality together and as a couple. I mean, everything. It just it, it couldn't have been seen. I know it was for everybody, but for us, it felt so personal with between the Lord and us. So we loved it. We completely loved it. Okay. Um, one last question. Do you mind if I share this with uh, a couple of my friends at Supreme? No, no, no. You can, I trust your judgment. Do whatever you want with it. (laughs) No, I think, honestly, I think, no, I think with what you have to say, there's been a lot of, see your brand spanking new. So this is, Mm -hmm. you know, everything's new. Right. Yes, it is. It is. Completely. I I would love to say I'm a grizzled old veteran, but I I have guys from my my dad's age who still call me a young pup. So. (laughs) And, um, you know, they're, uh, this has been, this was huge. This was huge, opening up the ceremony and having no secrecy. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I, I'm going to let you know from my standpoint, when I'm talking to families about the husband and the sons joining the Knights of Columbus, I am talking to mom. Mom is my yeah. first contact. How do you <laughs> feel about them joining the Knights? If right. mama, if mama ain't on board, I'm not even bothering talking to him <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's, it's yeah. the wives are an integral part of this too. So that, that I think, I think this type of feedback is going to be good for, for a few people to hear. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, for us personally, I mean, and I know that this was like the first time. So or one of the first times that leads to this a new decision. So for us, it did mean a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's brought us closer and it feels, and it's just like that. Like I know that it's night, it's for them, but I feel so part, much a part of it and being able to be there for him during that ceremony, it just solidified that. So right. for sure, we feel like it's like a mission together for sure. Excellent. Okay. Looking forward to talking to you again. And thank you so All much. Right. Sounds I very good. much appreciate it.
Okay. All right. All right. God bless. Talk to you eventually. All right. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Night Vision is a presentation of the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus and Catholic Radio Indy. Contributors for this episode include Scott Schutte, Walt Teha, David Negret, and Bob Zielinski. Night Vision is produced by Z Media Studios in South Bend, Indiana.